in time. We're going to find out really Amen. what hey, praise, glory. sacrificial Hallelujah. praise, and true worship really is. We've seen what the so-called praise and so-called worship in the church, but not sacrificial praise and true worship is not often seen in the church. The place to where it's supposed to be seen is not that often seen. So let's go quickly to our foundation scripture here, which is uh, Romans 12.1. And I'll just read it. It says, I will exalt you, therefore, the brethren, in the view of God's mercies, to offer yourselves as a sacrifice, living and set apart for God. This will please him. It is the logical temple worship for you. He says, I exalt you. I encourage you, brethren. He said, in the view of God's mercies. I want you to think about or just keep that word mercy or mercies uh, with you as we go through the study. He said, to offer yourselves as a sacrifice. He said, this is a temple worship, your body. And I'm going to read our supporting scripture. Then I'm going to do a little breakdown of uh, sacrifice of praise and true worship. Our supporting scripture is Hebrews 13, 15. And it says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice mm -hmm. of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Let us, through Jesus Christ, give a Continual praise, because really in the Hebrew, the understanding really of praise is continual. It's not just mm -hmm. praise. It's a way of life praise. Conditional. Amen? Amen. So let's look at really what the sacrifice of praise is. The will to lay our all on the altar before God. It is your will to lay your all on the altar before God with us not understanding him. This is why it's a challenge to give God your all because you don't understand his ways. I don't understand how God is going to do this. I don't understand the way that things look is not working out. It doesn't look good. So I can't see that God is doing any good with it. But we have to lay down our all on the altar before God without even understanding him. That's the challenge. And that is what's challenging you every day, is to give him your all, not understanding his way, but yet trusting that he's working it all out for your good. When we bring a sacrifice of praise, we choose to believe that even though life is not going well, there's a storm in my life that I still can trust God. Everything is going wrong. But I can still trust God. I can't even trust myself, but I can trust God. Self set itself up. Self will set itself up. Self tells self, this is a good idea. And so self says, yes, this is a good idea. We're going to do this. You got agreement. Yes, we, we. We're going to do this. <laughs> and then so you go to do what we have we. agreed without the Holy Ghost. And bad relationship. Wrong job because it's paying more money. Wrong associates because self said this is all good. Being part of an organization that you shouldn't be a part of because self said this is good. And we agreed and set us up. Now I'm hurting. I'm mad. I'm angry. Why am I going through this? Because self set self up. Not trusting and believing in God. 
Your flesh is against you, believe it or not. What you're clothed in, your flesh, it is not with you. Not your clothing, but what you are really garnished in, your flesh, is against you. It works against you every day. You carry it with you everywhere you go. But for some reason, we still trust our flesh. Yep. We reason good. with our emotions. My yeah. emotions run through it. It feels good mm-hmm. or it don't feel good. So the sacrifice of praise is when we choose to praise God in spite of, in spite of things not being right, not looking right, not feeling right. And when you praise God in spite of, that's tremendous strength. Come on. And it's not your strength. That's so good, man. It's tremendous strength of God that allows you, when you give him your all, to cause you to praise him when you don't feel like That's it. That's what Job did. Or you have no reason. You feel you have no reason to praise him. So he causes you when you lay down your life and give him your all and trust him. He causes you when things are not working out right, appears to my sight, that's not working out right. He causes you to see it working out right. Because when you start to praise him, it changes the attitude of your heart. Go ahead. And you see, and you see different. Go ahead. And you perceive see, differently. There you go. Because you are seeing with the natural eye, but now you're perceiving what you don't see. So it's like when I lost my job, $70,000 a year, yes. we went out and celebrated. We perceived that God was working it all something. out. It was all into the glory of God being laid off. Yes, it is because yep. I'm the righteous of God and everything works for the good for those who love the Lord and walk upright. You're not going to say you love them and it don't be tested. I love money then. Guess what happened? Well, it was my God because I didn't have a God. That's I didn't right. have the God, but that was my God, my job, my career. Mm-hmm. So will you still, uh, you going to do this like Job? Have you tested my servant Rod? So the enemy come, it was stripped this away, stripped that away. Right. What are you going to do now? Am I going to go with that God or am I going to go with the true God? I think y'all know the answer to that. Money or lack thereof will cause you to bow down and serve another God. When we choose to praise God, like I said, in spite of the, our storms and things that we go through, it causes you, when you actually praise him while you're going through, it causes your faith to go deeper. Your faith goes deeper. The word of God says, deep calls unto deep. Mm. And so deep hears deep calling and answers. But because you're not deep, you can't hear him calling. Because you're not deep in the word of faith, this is why I don't hear him calling. I don't hear God anymore. I can't, I can't hear, you're right, you can't hear him. You know why? Because you're not deep. Mm-mm. Deep calls unto deep. deep. So when, you go, when you're going through a situation or a circumstance, I have to continue to praise God in spite of because my testing of this trial will cause me to go deeper in my faith. And so when something else comes up in my life, I'm not trying to now develop a praise or worship. It's already there because I'm strong now. I'm stronger. Okay. I became stronger because of my prior trials and tribulations. I'm stronger now. Uh-huh. I'm bigger I now. I know that's right. I'm coming back greater now, star. That's right. And no- nothing that you say and do can move me because I'm stronger. I'm better. I'm greater now because I'm deeper now. Jesus. And you ain't moved by what you see. Or what I feel. 
So I want you to really keep in mind about the mercies of God. So we're going to talk about true worship real quick. First of all, he's saying by the mercy of God, what Paul is trying to do is to motivate your worship. He's coming to you first of all saying, brethren, I beseech you. I'm really begging of you by the mercies of God that you see his mercies upon your life as to why you should worship. His eternal love, his eternal grace, the Holy Spirit that he's given to you. He said because of the mercies of God, his everlasting peace, his eternal joy, his saving faith, his comfort, his strength, his wisdom, his hope, his patience, his kindness, his honor, his glory, his righteousness, his security, eternal life. He said consider these mercies. Forgiveness, reconciliation, justification, sanctification, freedom, and intercession, and so much more. Mm -hmm. He says, this is why I've come to motivate you. I beseech you, I beg of you, brethren, this is why you should worship. Because of these mercies that God has extended towards you. Presenting all of your human faculties is your worship. Presenting your mind, your thoughts, the attitude of your heart. He said, are presented. This is what you present to God when you worship. You present him your mind, your heart, your thoughts, your attitude of your heart. And he cleanses it. He cleanses it. Then you can worship him in spirit and in truth. See, this is what happens that we can never get to a place of worship him in spirit and in truth because you're still working on worshiping. You haven't given him your mind. You haven't given him your heart. You haven't given him the attitude of your heart. Because when you give that to him, he's going to cleanse it. And now I can worship him in spirit and in truth. Because now I have the mind of Christ. Mm. I have the mind. So my mind is not worshiping. The mind of Christ instructs me to worship. By his spirit I'm worshiping. Spirit to spirit. Worshiping in spirit and in truth. Without my emotions. It's not about how I feel because my flesh doesn't ever feel like worshiping. It can't enter in the holy place except spirit to spirit. So we worship him with a renewed and cleansed mind and not with our emotion. True worship is the acknowledgement of God and all of his power and his glory in everything we do. That is true worship. And this is the highest form of worship, obedience. The highest form of worship is obedient. That you would will yourself to open your mouth and praise the Lord. I praise him. The initial praise is not a sacrifice praise. Your initial praise is from your emotions. Your initial praise is for thanks for doing things for me. It's a somewhat of a, a gratitude expression. Your initial praise. But then the spirit of praise comes and it becomes to be spontaneous. Your flesh is no longer doing it. It's a spontaneous praise because there's a spirit now of praise which leads you into worship. Worship then takes over. Praise sit down. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm. Glory to God. And that's what's next. The glory. Glory Glory to God. So the glory, we're talking about the glory. The glory of God is it's really God's presence being expressed to you of all who he is. His glory is his, it's the total, the totalness 
of his manifestation of who he is. He gets to tell you without you trying to figure out who he is. He come upon you and he put him, his entirety of himself on you. And you don't, your opinion of who you think he is has no, no space in there. It's God himself telling you, ministering to you who I am. Mm. Amen. Amen. It's tangible. The presence of God is visible. You start to weep. You're crying. You can't stop crying. People begin to be healed. They're healed in the manifested presence of God. People are delivered in the presence of God. It's so real. And you have to respond. If you don't respond to God, he doesn't manifest his presence. Well, how do I respond? Thank you, Jesus. You are good. You are wonderful. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Talk to him like you talk to the people in your life. That you love. That you love so dearly. And he's so much greater. A revealed period in time. We talked about that. We talked about declaring what's revealed and the carries of the presence of God. I want to quickly just do a recap, but give you a little deeper meaning than what we were studying last week. So a revealed period in time. I want to refer to Isaiah 40, verse 5. And the glory of God shall be revealed. It means to all mankind, for we will understand the salvation of the Lord. A revealed period in time means that Jew, Gentile, all the nations of people will see the revealed word of God, our, the salvation of our Lord. Right now, people still don't know who Christ is. What's the revelation of Christ? A revealed word. He said, all flesh will know and will be seen of who I am. And it also means that we are to prepare for the coming of the Lord. So that the glory of the Lord will be revealed. We have to prepare for his coming. So his glory will be revealed. God's glorious intervention was this. The flesh of Jesus was the tent that covered the glory. His first coming. When he came in the flesh, his flesh was the tent that covered the glory. But he's coming back again. He's coming back in his full glory. Declaring what's revealed. And that deals with, um, just want to refer to Psalms 19, 1. I won't uh, go into the entirety of that right now, but we will talk about that whole uh, chapter. It says, glory of God shall be declared, declaring what's revealed. And I'm going to go in a little deeper, but I want you to know that we are to declare the glory of God. Amen. Carries of, of his presence. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Glory of God, this treasure is within us. The glory of God, that treasure is within us. And we're going to talk about that treasure that we house. Amen. Amen. So briefly, the treasure is the transforming power of the gospel of God that's placed inside of you. It's the transforming gospel that's placed in you to change you and all that are in your life. Everyone that comes encounter with you are to be transformed because you house the glory of God, the gospel. Our body is mere clay. It has no value. But we place a lot of value on our bodies, your flesh. Mm -hmm. He said, 
that's of no value, but what you hold and treasure in you is of the utmost value. And this is what we're supposed to really look towards and into and not your exterior. Kabod, we talked about that, his, his beauty, the, um, his brilliance, his splendor, his radiance. So I want to, I want Al to go to Psalms uh, 19. I want you to really listen close because it, it really deals with how we try to discover and declare God's glory and it has to be experience. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit until the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> David, <laughs> David is saying here, the heavens declare the glory of God in the firmament. The atmosphere declares God's glory. It tells a story. It tries to tell you a story of the glory of God. The heavens, the, the stars, the moon, the, the clouds, the firmament declares, it's telling you a story of God's glory. Man going to be without excuse, he says, mm -hmm. because my creation declares to you who I am. The stars, the moon, the clouds, the atmosphere itself, the firmament of the earth declares to you who I am. You're going to be without excuse of who I am. He uses this to tell you that you can't. He said, then man is also trying to use science to discover me. Mm-hmm. That's right. He said, you can't discover me. You have to experience my glory. <laughs> Even with the stars and the moons and the firmament trying to explain and tell your story of me. He said, but you're still going to have to experience my glory. That is so good. You can hear the story. You can see the story. But you need to perceive and receive the story, which is your experience with me. 
my manifested glory. You have David sharing with you the Messianic law, the teaching of the Torah. He's trying to use that and also God's creation to tell you about God's glory. He's telling you about the joy. The word of God is a treasure. It's more valuable than gold. He tells you about the joy of the Lord. It's more sweet than honeycomb. He lets you know that there is nothing that is more pleasing than my word. There's nothing more fulfilling than my word. There's no drug, no person, no thing, no place that can give you the satisfaction that comes from me. He lets you know that this law, the teaching of the Torah, is what needs to keep you. The teaching of the law. The instruction, the Torah. That's what it means. This is what will keep you. And, and then he says, because I don't want to sin, please allow me to be cleansed and remind me of my sin because it's so ever before me. I want to have a clean and pure heart before you, God. So when I praise and worship you, I don't send up strange fire. Uh-huh. We can mm-hmm. send up strange fire with a, a heart that's not pure. Calling on my name. Thinking you're praising, worshiping me, but life is not changing because you're sending up and operating in a spirit of error. And this spirit of error has really caused the, the body of Christ to turn its back on God. So what's this difference between praise and worship? We talked about that. Praise is what you initiate. And worship is God's answer to your praise. Praise is you seeking God and worship is God finding you. He finds you when you worship. When you worship in spirit and in truth, come out the world. Come all the way out of the world. This is why he can't find you. This is why you can't hear him. This is why when I worship or I think I'm worshiping, I don't feel God. You're right, you don't feel him. Because he's, he comes to a place where there's true worship and he, takes in, and he takes in the substance of a true worshiper. Praise increases the anointing. I don't feel like I can do it. I don't have the capability. I'm weak. And now you're empowered because you're increasing your anointing. Thinking I can't go through this. I can't take him. Oh, yes, you can. Praise him. Worship him. And increase your anointing. And then you bring on the glory. Praise is building a house for God. And worship is the house that God now lives in. God moves into the house that you build. So when you praise, you are framing the house. Mm, mm, mm. Then when you worship, he comes and moves in the house that you built for him. So we want it and we're not building it. That's the question. Whose house are you building? Mm. That's the question. Whose house are you building? Well, if you're not building God's house, you're building your own. If you're not building God's house, you're building the house for Satan to dwell there in. There you go. If it's not of faith, it's not of God. God. If it's not of faith, it's not of God. If you are building a house that's not of God, there's a house for Satan to dwell in. And a house that you're trying to worship out of now and praise out of now. Okay, there you go. Praise until the spirit of worship comes and worship until God's glory descends. Mm. This is why you have to shut down your flesh. Praise and keep praying and praising until the spirit of praise come and then the worship comes that takes the lead now of praise. 
and then the glory descends. You begin now to frame the throne of God through your praise. Through continual praise, you frame a throne. You frame his throne. And then you continue on. Worship takes over. And then you see and experience the glory cloud. He comes to you. And he wants to know, is this a true worshiper? I come only where I'm welcome. I'm exalted and invited. Is this a place that's framing my throne? Now, he comes before you, and if you're a true worshiper, Amen. he takes the substance of your worship in himself. And then he goes to the next person, and he does this with everyone who comes into the house of God to worship. And he, he approaches to see if this is true worship. And if not, he lifts up. And he moves on. Because I can't pull what's not mine. Deep calls unto deep. And then I absorb the substance of rocket worship. And when he absorbs the substance of the worship, the cloud, you develop your own individual cloud. And then there becomes a corporate cloud. Then we discern next glory. Is there a cloud? then we can declare in the glory. What are the promises of ours already? What's already done that's in heaven I can pull down and declare to be mine now? True worship. And, and I want to tell you, it, it is possible even that it manifests even in the natural, in the time. But it is a spiritual cloud when you will know when you're, mm -hmm. when you're there. It's a spiritual experience. And only by the Spirit can you That's experience right. that. So what causes sometimes for us to have a, a hard atmosphere? We have a hard atmosphere. It comes to be the attitudes of people's hearts. There's unforgiveness in our hearts. It calls for an atmosphere, a hard atmosphere, to where... You're trying to push through and what's going on? can't feel the presence of God. Well, it's an individual thing. You know, I've come here to gather, but I've come here and I'm going to worship with or without you. Amen? Mm -hmm. I prefer you to join in, but uh, it could be just a one-only party. <laughs> so um, true worship, we receive and send forth heavenly sounds in true worship. You, you send and you receive heavenly sounds. This is the thing. We, we're not used to hearing sounds from heaven. Are you not? We're not used to hearing sounds from heaven because it's been about an emotional experience. Or I'm just, I don't understand it, so I'm just going to stand here and just put up my hands or something because I don't quite know what's going on, but look, here you go. And if you continue to, to do that, that's good because eventually one time when you go, just here you go and the, Holy Spirit is just going to, he's going to saturate you with his spirit. You're going to get it one time. You're going to get it. Amen. Because our obedience, which is really the ultimate uh, worship, is obedience. Raise your hand. He, and he commands us to lift your hands, all you people. So worship, re, it actually resounds from or sound off or vibrate from the throne. Your worship vibrates from the throne of God. 
Say that one more time. Who's Your worship? worship, true worship, it resonates. There's a sound. Because your worship should be what's already in your heart, which is the word of God. And you're giving his word back to him, so it's a vibration. It's a vibration. Harmonics, I told y'all. It is a harmonics. I'm trying to tell y'all. From yeah. you to the throne of God, and from the throne of God back to you. And this is how you're able to hear the sounds from heaven. I just want to know. Mm-hmm. I really, it has to be a reality, just like you're sitting, sitting here right now. That realm is real. Mm-hmm. Don't take your feelings and emotion in it because you won't see it or feel it. He said, you can't enter in or see the kingdom unless you are born of the spirit. So you re- it is really happening when you throw your hands up. Amen. When you bow your knees, when you open your mouth in the glory, it is really happening. This was something the Holy Spirit uh, actually had me to do yesterday. I, I was in more worship than I was in my natural study. I, was, I would try to study naturally, you know, doing my research and all that stuff. And I came over late at night. And I, I, it They're started it, like so about 11.30 a.m. all the way to what, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. So it started. My study started and it ended. But it, it started with studying physical study, and then he would tell me to worship. I said, but I'm like, I'm trying to study. I got to do this. So, mm. and I worship. So, okay, wasn't worship music on a, a worshiping. A, but when I was worshiping, what I'm teaching now is the revelation of what happened to me in worship. I realize what I'm teaching you all, that I myself need to go deeper because I said, Lord, I felt, he, he allowed me to feel that there was still a part of me that was being seen. And he didn't want any part of me to be seen mm. while I'm, I'm teaching. So I, I worshiped and I went harder, but then I was like, well, my flesh started to think, well, I'm too loud. I'm in the house and, you know, it's gonna, I'm all this. So my mind, see your thoughts again. So I'm still trying to control the spiritual atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And he told me that to just cry out, just worship, just worship. And the more he said that, the, the further I went down and I'm trying to, you know, still study, but, but then go down. And I realized what I had a conversation with Star about a week ago when she was saying about when you lay prostrate. She said the flesh has, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this, Star, that when you lay down, physically lay down flat, prostrate. The flesh has no voice. The flesh has no authority. You cause the flesh to be submissive. So when you physically lay down, your flesh has no will. Because your flesh wants to get up. It's just like when you tell your dog to sit. And they don't, the dog don't want to sit. But it go down. But then you, he's still not all the way down. But you want him to lay flat. Mm-hmm. But when he finally... Totally give you all surrender and obedience. You see that he even stays there after you're gone. Long after you're gone, the dog's still there. The dog is still laying there. You don't left out. He's not sure he's watching you with that one eye. He's looking to the side because he knows the submission and authority that you have. See, our flesh does not want to submit to the word of God. That's it. But your flesh will do it even now after the fact. After you leave here, mm. it's, you have to condition yourself hey. 
to be submissive. Good God. Condition your flesh to be submissive. Train it. It doesn't want to extend the hands. It doesn't want to bow. It doesn't want to kneel. It doesn't want to lay prostrate. But when you force a dog down Mm. and still try to get back up. It sure does. And then you use another tone in your voice. Then it goes and you kind of stir it and it goes down and stay. Look up at you again. Can Mm -hmm. I do it? Want to try you? Flesh want to try you? Like the dog want to try you? That sure will. But the Holy Spirit... Presses. There you go. Holy Spirit, pressure back That's down. That's why you can't get up. And this is what has to happen. But you have to yield to the pressing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My God. Okay. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And this is what you are actually doing when you worship. Mm. You're vibrating what's in the kingdom of God to earth. You're vibrating and receiving. You're sending and receiving. See, but we don't understand that because we're not taught it. We've been taught church. We've been taught to confess and not declare what's already done. When you declare, that's already established. I'm just announcing what's done. When you confess, you're trying to almost believe something that you're saying is true. But a king declares. He declares. Makes divine law. Our level of ascension into the presence of God Mm-mm. is determined by the sound of the worship we release. Our level of ascension into the presence of God. Because my worship, I haven't totally submitted and surrendered to God. I'm still, you know, got one hand up, both the hands got tired, so one hand up now. I want to kneel, but I don't want them tired. My heels hurting. But now I press because Holy Spirit is telling me to lay down. He will tell you. He will tell you to bow. He will tell you to worship. But we resist. But when you, when you yield, it causes now the timing of me getting to the presence of God to be almost immediately. Mm. Because when I obey, it's your highest form of worship, obedience. Mm. 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 Obedience, obey. Soon as you begin to praise and worship, obey. Oh, lift your hands. Oh, shout with the voice of triumph. Just do it. Obey and see, don't you experience the manifested presence of God? Not out of routine. You're not just screaming to be screaming. You are housing. Who can house the presence of God? We're talking about housing the presence of God. We're talking about God. We're talking about the all-knowing that created the entire world, the universe, never learning that's inside of you, and you don't want to bow. Go ahead with your bad self. If you know him, you will. You will. He said, those that do know me, they will praise me. You know, coming from Jehovah Witness into Christianity, you had people who shahad, you had people who bowed and went down. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw everybody doing it, so I, well, I guess that's what I need to do. Not knowing. So I didn't have that, that fence up. Mm-hmm. So they're going to watch me. They're going to see what I'm doing. I just thought, well, if they're doing it, then maybe that's what I should do. Right. Not even knowing that, that I was shahad or what it was about. I, had, I didn't even really have a relationship. It was just that I saw that they were doing something I wasn't doing. It's the same thing when it came to speaking in tongues. I was like, I, I wasn't afraid. You so when I, I didn't say, oh, I don't want that. I was like, well, if they're doing it, then I, maybe I'm supposed to have that. You simply didn't just pass it. Like um, I did like a child. Two of us, it's you simply disobeyed. disobeyed. When it came to, it came really everything. It's just refreshing to have people like that to be in the kingdom of God. Is that automatically he wanted to tithe and... 
this is what we do? This is what we do. It is. Like he said to come to me as a child. That's how you know, I came. I uh, so worship, supposed to, you know, speak in tongues, raise our hands, stomp our feet, what we're supposed to do. Uh, all what we're supposed to do, I need to do that. Obedience, the highest form of worship. I'm supposed to come to church. I guess I'm supposed to be here. I'm the head of my family. I guess I'm supposed to lead them there. That's right. All right. So we're going to talk about the power of heavenly sounds. Heaven gives sound. Uh, heaven gives sounds as well as the word of God gives sound. The word of God gives sound. People try to, you have people who are reading and understanding the word of God or just their own reasoning get in the way. So they find it to be difficult to really hear God. And what is he really saying? But this is why he created music too as well. Music allow you to understand and receive revelation from God. I know that's right. There's a sound in music that allows God himself to minister to you what he's saying and what he's going to do. Even through music, and I haven't seen much of it, we are supposed to even hear about the second coming. It should be prophecy uh, yep. being heard in music, but only if it's prophetic. prophetic. And only if the, the singers, the leaders of worship, are not considering themselves to be artists or mm. stars. Oh. So many, Pastor, of the worshipers, the leaders and worshipers, they tend to want to be artists and stars. And so they're there worshiping and they're singing, but they don't provide guidance for the people to be led into the presence of God because they're not singing prophetically which means that they're not perceiving prophetically, which means that when they sing, they, people are supposed to be healed Amen. when they're singing and there's sounds of music. And deliverance. And delivered. Yokes being destroyed. All of these things are supposed to happen through music, the mm. same things that happen through the word of God. So, worshiper, the leaders, you should be hearing. This is why you're not satisfied and you're searching to be an artist. And this is why you're searching to be a star. Because you're not satisfied. Because you're just singing, but you're not hearing the sounds from heaven. Imagine if you are hearing the sounds from heaven. But the secular people, they're hearing a sound. Not a sound from heaven, but they're hearing a sound from the enemy. And it's very satisfying. It's very fulfilling to the flesh and the emotions. There you go. It's extremely overwhelming. But for us, this is why we sit still. Don't move when you hear the music. Because you know why? The spiritual leaders and worship are not hearing sounds from heaven. So this is how you're able to bring in the secular into uh, the worship. Mm -hmm. Music holds a significant role in our worship. And we are to carry it out in his will mm. to this world. Sound. Talk about the fall of the wall of Jericho. When they took possession of the land. How sound is so important. They were given instruction to blow the, the shofar, the trumpet. Because sound releases, believe it or not, power and glory. Sound releases power and it releases glory. It brings the artist glory. You give them glory by praising, clapping your hands, buying their CD, going to their concerts. The Christians do. They still yep. go to the secular concerts. They bring them glory. Sound of music brings power and 
glory, it brings them fame. Riches. Riches. This is why some of us seek the secular music mm-hmm. or to sing, become that artist, that star, because there is a power and is a glory in the secular world as well. Why aren't we experiencing the power and the glory in the music? The trumpet of God. We know that when Jesus returned, that this is going to be his return. A sound of a trumpet. Power. You're going to have a sound of power and glory. The ultimate sound of power and glory when he comes, his second coming. So today, the new sound should be coming through our prophetic worship leaders. Mm-hmm. Having the ability to interpret and bring down the divine sound. To interpret and to bring down mm. Bring down the divine sound of heaven from his throne. So this should come in your personal worship as you're framing the throne of God. And you're creating your glory cloud in your personal worship. So it's not only our worship leaders, but you as individual worshipers is that you yourself, when you come, you're supposed to already be ready to receive a divine sound from heaven because you've been worshiping. And spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. And believe this or not, our worship should come because we are and we have been praising and worshiping God as a, a lifestyle. And not just when you come here. Believe this or not, this is true. Worship has to start from the bottom up. And the bottom up means this. Everyone has to be on time. You know why? It's not just about being on time. It's because when people come late to worship, you interfere with the worship. It's like the band is already playing, and you come in and try to play your instrument. I know you can relate to that, Whitney. Mm-hmm. You got to tune up. And this is what happens. You got to warm up because you're, you're not where they're at. They've already started the worship. Everyone has to start from the bottom up. Yep. And if they're already up and then you come, you're at the bottom, and we're not there. Worshiping God It's so serious. What happens is that not only does you interrupt the worship, but you could cause now the worship to be stopped and not to continue on. And this happens because you throw the worship off with your lateness and dishonor to the timing of worship. Music has a timing. This is why you don't hear a sound from heaven, because you're off. Your timing is off. Your physical timing causes your spiritual timing to be off. Trying to get in. Where's the beat? Where's the sound? And this is what happens with us in worship. is that we all need to be in corporate worship. And it starts from the bottom up. We have to praise worship to bring the glory cloud. And the glory cloud actually reveals what's already done. All, of, all the promises to us. All what God has promised us is in the cloud. We have to now just declare, pull down all the promises he has for us. But you have to love him. You can't worship something you don't love. You're worshiping something. I pray that today that the word of God has really opened your eyes, not only your natural eyes, but the eyes of your heart, of your understanding, that you may know the hope of your call in Christ Jesus. You've been called to worship. The things that you go through cannot be compared to the glory of God that is to be revealed in your life. And because you're waiting on something glorious to happen in your life is why it has not happened. Because you're waiting for it. 
But when God has called us, whether we suffer with him, and this is something we have to do because we've been called to suffer with him, we have to count it all joy. It has to be reality that with Christ, everything is gain. Everything, the worst situation you look at and says, Christ, still be glorified. Christ, still be glorified. I saw in the news yesterday a family that lost their their twins in the fire and And their nephew. Twins, I think they were nine months old and maybe a little boy, probably maybe three or four, not sure, but they were lost in the fire. And they were sleeping on the couch and she ran in the room to try to save them. But the smoke, I I couldn't, I kept getting choked, I couldn't go in there. She said, but I should have just thought that I should have put something over my face and went in there. And, you know, she's about to just freak out. Mm-hmm. And her husband was just, you know, trying to comfort her. But there's nothing they can do now. And I was like, that predicament there, and you could ask, where is God in that? And I could think that could be the worst predicament as a mother or as a grandmother to see your child experience, experience a child screaming. They said they could hear the nine, the twins screaming in the fire. You don't have that story to tell today. You could tell that they have a relationship with God. It's that we will still say, not to God be the glory that the kids were consuming that fire. Mm -mm. But life, and what they left a message that love your family while you can. It's truly just love while you can. And live while you can. And live to the utmost of the kingdom of God while you can. Amen. Because tomorrow... Is definitely not promised. There's no situation I want you to know today before you leave that God is not in control of. Amen. This is why you don't lose control because he is in control. And it's how you respond to the situation that really defines now what state of mind you're in. Amen. Don't respond with your emotion. Respond with the word of God. He is your refuge and your tower. He is your place of strength. And peace. I also want to leave with you real quick that the word repent means this, to comfort. People get offended when John the Baptist said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the old mother would say, come to Jesus while you can. But repent is not something to condemn, but to give you hope. Give you hope that you have an opportunity to be reconciled back with Christ. There's comfort that I'm bringing you the good news. And today, the good news has been brought to you. So I pray that you have been comforted and knowing that and that you live what you heard today and not just be hearers of the word of God. Amen.